praise the mighty name of Jesus. Lord, we love you. We bless you. Holy Spirit, we welcome you in this place. We thank you for your great goodness to us, Lord. We love you, Jesus. Oh, Father, we honor you, Lord God. We bless the mighty name. Hallelujah. We are gathered today in your name. And we ask, Lord, that you will be glorified in the name of Jesus. Praise God. Well, we just want to welcome uh, all of you that are tuned in today uh, on the various platforms. And uh, I believe this message is going to bless you. Uh, just want to uh, congratulate uh, Tato and Thule on their little baby, Eden. Beautiful little baby born on Friday. And uh, so we give glory to God in Jesus' name for another beautiful life and um, for the mighty purpose that God has for that little baby. And uh, so, hallelujah, uh, glory to Jesus, praise the name of the Lord. Let's pray. Uh, Father, we just thank you today for your word, and we ask that you would speak to us, Lord. Help us to truly understand, help us to truly grasp, Lord, the magnitude, the power, the glory that is associated with that name, the name that you have given to your church. And we thank you for it, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise God. So, uh, w w wonderful to um, continue in this series. And, um, you know, we've, we've dealt with uh, various aspects of, I believe, foundational teachings. Today we're talking about back to the name. 1 Corinthians chapter 3 and verse 9. And it says, uh, For we are God's uh, fellow workers, you are God's field, uh, you are God's building. According to the grace of of God, which was given to me as a wise master builder, I laid the foundation and another builds on it. But let each one take heed how he builds on it. For no other foundation can anyone lay than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Now, if anyone builds on this foundation with gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, straw, each one's work will become clear, for the day will declare it. There is a day that is coming. Because it will be revealed by fire, and the fire will test each one's work of what sort it is. If anyone's work which he has built on it endures, he will receive a reward. If anyone's work is burned, he will suffer loss, but he himself will be saved, yet as true fire. So the Bible says that no other foundation can anyone lay than that which is already laid, which is Jesus Christ. Amen. And so I believe there's a purification that is happening in this season because, you know, whether we like it or not, we are all being tested in the fires of affliction because, you know, all of our traditional entertainment, shopping, cinemas, restaurants, sport, travel, even going to the gym have all been taken away from us. And, you know, I appreciate it's frustrating. You know, many of us have been greatly challenged during this season, um, you know, whether in our mind, or our emotions, our finances, um, in, in what seems like a nightmare that just refuses to end. Uh, but, you know, I also believe that this is a season to hold fast. Like it says in Revelation, hold fast that which you have that no man takes your crown. But I also want to ask, maybe in the misery, God wants our attention. Uh, and, and this is why I think it's important that we take our eyes off of the circumstances and the frustrations, and give God our full attention during the season, because I believe the pride of man has been humbled uh, by a simple virus, be that man-made uh, or otherwise. You know, it is revealed just how weak and vulnerable we actually are as human beings, because we pretend we can change the weather by paying higher taxes, and we can't even stop a virus. And so, uh, you know, our society has been shaken. And, you know, maybe it needed to be shaken. Amen. The Bible says God works all things to the good of those who love Him. I'm not saying that God has been the author of any of this craziness or any of this misery, but I'm just simply saying that, you know, God is able to use it and, and uh, you know, for His purposes. But you know what? Our society truly has been shaken, and this is what it says in Hebrews, that in the end days, everything that can be shaken will be shaken because people are afraid. They're afraid of getting sick. They're afraid of, of losing their job. They're afraid. Afraid of, of dying. 
You know, many people are losing hope. And, you know, in light of the deception, the decadence and confusion of our age, it's absolutely essential, therefore, that we are building uh, on, on the only foundation, I believe, that will stand the pressure of the times of testing that are to come. And that foundation is Jesus. Amen? The name of Jesus. The name above all names. Now, don't get me wrong. I, I still believe that our best days are yet to come. Amen. I truly believe that. And yet, you know, we will see a glorious revival. Um, and uh, I believe we're going to see a great spiritual awakening. And maybe all of these distractions had to be taken out of the way for people to truly, you know, open the eyes of their understanding to look for something that will satisfy because, you know, I, I don't think there's ever been a more distracted generation than ours. And so maybe in all of this, God is, is looking to get our attention, not just the attention of the world, but I believe God is looking to get the attention of the church. And so, again, I believe we will see a, a glorious revival, but we will also see great judgment. Amen. Because, you know, surely Ananias and Sapphira are evidence of this principle. For the sacred must never be sacrificed or subjected to the flesh. And so it's time for God's house to be put in order. Because whether you realize it or not, the king is coming. And his house must be put in order before he comes. So in this series, we're simply going back to our foundations. We've been back to the cross, back to the Bible, back to the blood, and today, back to the name. Isaiah 9 and verse 6 says, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulder, and his name will be called Wonderful. Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. So today, I want to talk about the wonderful name of Jesus. The Bible says His name will be called Wonderful. Um, Luke chapter 1 and verse 31, here talking about the birth of Christ. And it says, And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son, and you shall call His name Jesus. Uh, Matthew chapter 1. And verse 21, and it says, And she shall bring forth a son, and you will call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. So this, uh, all this was done that it might be fulfilled what was spoken by the Lord through the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall be a child and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is translated God with us. Amen. So again, his name will be called Jesus for he will save his people from their sins. So the name Jesus literally means Savior. And there is power in the name of Jesus. Power to save the lost, to heal the sick, to deliver the oppressed, to set the captives free. Amen. Power to open blind eyes and even power to raise the dead. Amen. Acts chapter 3. And verse 1, we see the book of Acts really, the, you know, the name of Jesus is a theme that runs so strongly through the book of Acts. After Acts chapter 3, now Peter and John were going together to the temple at the time of prayer, the ninth hour, and a certain man lame from his mother's womb was carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful, to ask alms from those who entered the temple, who seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, asked for alms. And um, fixing his eyes on him with John, Peter said, look at us. So, they gave him his so he gave them his attention, expecting to receive something from them. Amen. And expectation is always essential for a miracle. Amen. And again, you, we may not be able to physically gather right now, but even right there in your home, you need to have expectation that your life is going to be changed by this message. You need to have an expectation that you're going to hear from God. Amen. Expectation is essential. The man looked at them with expectation. And um, so uh, Peter said, silver and gold I do not have, but what I have I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand and lifted him up, and immediately his feet and his ankle bones received strength. <coughs> Excuse me. So P Peter said, silver and gold I do not have, but what I have I give you in the name 
of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Rise up and walk. And he got up and walked. And so leaping, he stood up and asked and walked and entered the temple with them. Walking, leaping, and praising God. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Praise you, Jesus. Walking and leaping and praising God. And all the people saw him walking and praising God. Then they knew that it was he who had sat begging alms at the beautiful gate of the temple. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. Now as the lame man who was healed held on to Peter and John, all the people ran together to him in the porch, which is called Solomon's, greatly amazed. And so when Peter saw it, he responded to the people, Men of Israel, why would you marvel at this? Why would you look so intently at us? As though by our power godliness we've made this man walk. The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of our fathers, glorified his servant Jesus, whom you delivered up and denied in the presence of Pilate when he was determined to let him go. But you denied the Holy One and the just and asked that a murder be granted to you and killed the Prince of Life whom God raised from the dead uh, of which we are witnesses. And his name, true faith in his name has made this man strong whom you see and know. Yes, the faith which comes through him has given him this perfect soundness in the presence of of you all and his name true faith in his name has made this man well and strong there is power in the name of Jesus you see Peter looked at him and said silver and gold I do not have but what I have I give you the early church didn't have denominations buildings elaborate elaborate leadership networks they didn't have training colleges media jets cars mobile phones email or social media they didn't even have Bibles because the New Testament uh, hadn't even been written yet but unlike us they didn't focus on what they didn't have they rather they focused on what they did have they had the name of Jesus and they literally turned the world upside down Acts 17 6 says these men have come here have turned the world upside down what did they have they had the name of Jesus you see oh what glorious and mighty works we might accomplish if only we understood the power that is ours through the name of Jesus. Because let me say this, literally all of hell trembles at the thought that we would one day rediscover the name of Jesus. The early church had a great sense of reverence for the name of Jesus. They counted it as an honor to suffer for his name. Acts 5 and verse 40, it says, they called the apostles in and had them flogged. Then they ordered them not to speak in the name of Jesus and let them go. The apostles let, uh, left the Sanhedrin rejoicing because they had been counted worthy of suffering for the name. Day after day in the temple courts and from house to house, they never stopped teaching and proclaiming the good news that Jesus is the Messiah. The Bible says that they were flogged and they rejoiced that they'd been counted worthy of suffering, uh, uh, suffering disgrace for the name. The church understood that it was about the name. Amen. And so it's my hope and prayer today that you will walk away with a new sense of reverence, appreciation, and desire to utilize the name of Jesus. Amen. Because when even the weakest believer simply whispers the name of Jesus, all of hell trembles. Amen. When, when you whisper the name of Jesus, Hell trembles and demons flee. Uh, Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 1. Thank you, Lord. And it says, God who at various times and in various ways spoken times past to the fathers by the prophets has in these last days spoken to us by his Son, whom he appointed heir of all things, through whom also he made the worlds who being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person and upholding all things by the word of his power when he had by himself purged our sins sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high having become so much better than the angels as he has by inheritance obtained a more excellent name than they you see the name of Jesus is more excellent it is higher it is above every name amen hallelujah God has spoken to us 
by his son. The Bible says in the times past, he spoke to us through the prophets, but in these last days, he has spoken to us through his son. Because God is still speaking, if only we will listen. He will teach us if only we will learn. You see, we connect with his glory through his name. Because in the name of Jesus, we discover a bountiful supply that simply cannot be exhausted. Amen? So there's a number of things we find in the name of Jesus. The first is salvation. Zephaniah 3.17 in the B.E.R. says, The Lord your God is among you. He is mighty to save. He will rejoice over you with gladness. He will quiet you with his love. He will rejoice over you with singing. Isn't it wonderful to know that the Lord our God rejoices over us, that he loves us, that he's not mad at us. Sometimes, you know, those of us who have come from a religious background, you know, have all sorts of hang-ups and ideas that God is out to get us. And I think that's tragic. But you know what? It's so important when we look at the Bible to discover that God rejoices over us, that He loves us. Amen? That God so loved the world. And, you know, sadly, I think Ireland is really dealing with the, you know, the, the... Many of the issues Ireland is dealing with right now is, is a disillusionment with religion. A, a religion that portrayed, you know, this distant, austere God who, who is just, you, you know, all about rules and regulations rather than, than love. Yes, he's a God of righteousness, but he is, the Bible says God is love. And so I, I think this is so important for us to grasp that God is mighty to save. You see, the name of Jesus is still mighty to save. You know, one thing this whole pandemic has revealed has been man's uh, frailty and inability to, to resolve this pandemic. Uh, and, and so, you know, it's clear that the pride of man has been humbled. And, and you might say, oh, but there's a vaccine. Yes, but apparently there's also a new and improved version of COVID that's 50% more uh, contagious. And so, you, you know, the faith of, of many people has been, has been shaken. And I think many of those who used to confidently assert my faith is in science. I think a lot of them, their faith has been rocked by now as well. So, uh, again, our trust must be in the name. Our trust must be in Christ. Romans 10, 13, it says, for whoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. And this is the good news. Whoever shall call on the name of the Lord. Amen. The good news of the gospel is this, that no matter where we have failed or fallen short, that we can call on that name and be saved. Amen. That we're not excluded on the basis of age or our gender or race or economic status, but rather the invitation is freely given to all mankind. For God so loved the world, John 3.16. Amen. For God so loved the world. He so loved everybody, every one of us counts. Every one of us is significant to him. You know, God doesn't love us because Jesus died for us. Jesus died for us because God loves us. And it's important to make that distinction because it was love that drove Christ to suffer and die in our place on that lonely cross. And therefore, every time we use the name of Jesus, we should be reminded that we are loved by God because love has a name and that name is Jesus. Love has a name, Jesus. Every time we use that name, we should be reminded that we matter. We should be reminded that our life has significance. I thought it was interesting yesterday, to, you know, hearing Michal Martin, the Taoiseach of, of this nation, being interviewed by CNN. Uh, and, and, you know, they were grilling him about the mother and baby homes. And, you know, it's obvious terrible and shameful things happen there in the name of religion. But you have to make a distinction between uh, religion and Christ. Amen. I think that is so important. And, uh, but you know what? You know, the irony uh, of, of this CNN reporter talking about those poor babies and, you know, the Taoiseach the apologizing, uh, uh, you know, on behalf of the state and, you know, how the church had such a, a, a load to bear, which, again, like I said, shameful things happened. But the irony of, of, of both these people who justify abortion and yet are talking about these poor babies. And, you know, it's, it's like a complete disconnect and a blindness in this world. And it's a double standard. And it's actually utter hypocrisy. 
How can you care about a baby, you know, in June, but you do not care about the babies today that are being aborted in the name of convenience? You can't have it both ways. Either human life matters or it doesn't. For God so loved the world, God loves people. Amen? Matthew 1 and verse 21. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. Acts 4.12. Nor is there salvation in any other, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. The NIV. Salvation is found in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given to mankind by which we must be saved. It's clear from reading the Bible that the name of Jesus is absolutely inseparable from salvation. Christ came to seek and to save that which was lost, Luke 19 and 10. John 3 and verse 18, we all can quote John 3:16, God so loved the world. But you know what, John 3:18 is very important as well. And it says this, He who believes in him is not condemned, but he who does not believe is condemned because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. Let me say this. You may be religious. You may be a good person. You may be cultured. You may be educated. You may have letters after your name. You may be a philanthropist. You may have all sorts of accomplishments, but you will split hell wide open if you do not call on the name of Jesus. Because the Bible says the only way that you will not face condemnation in the next life is if you humble yourself and call on the name of Jesus. Hallelujah, I thank God. I thank God that I will never face condemnation. I'm not perfect. I've made mistakes. I've fallen short in all sorts of areas. But I thank God that the Bible says that whoever calls on his name will never be condemned. Thank God for the name of Jesus. Because of that name, we are not condemned. You see, we are washed in the blood, but we are called by the name. God loves us so much. He made it that simple. Just call on the name of Jesus Christ in faith and you will be saved for eternity. 1 John 5 and verse 13. And it says, These things I've written to you who believe in the name of the Son of God that you may know that you have eternal life and that you may continue to believe in the name of the Son of God. You see, salvation and the name are inseparable. Amen. The Bible doesn't say that you will have, if you believe in the name, if you've called on the name, you have eternal life right now working in your spirit. 1 John 3 and verse 23 God has directed us to believe in the name of His Son Jesus. And this is the commandment. He who believes in the name of the Son, Jesus. And this is the commandment. We must believe in the name of His Son, Jesus Christ, and love one another just as He has commanded us. We find salvation in the name. We find access in the name. John 14 and verse 6, And Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. You see, we come to God in the name of Jesus. The name gives us access to the very throne of God. This is why Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 14 says, So then since we've got a great high priest who has entered heaven, Jesus the Son of God, let us hold firmly to what we believe. This high priest of ours understands our weakness, for he faced all of the same testings we do. Yes, he did not sin. So let us come boldly to the throne of our gracious God. The King James says, Let us come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. Amen? When we pray in the name of Jesus, we have access to the vast resources of heaven. Hallelujah. You see, the name of Jesus is the key that unlocks God's power and blessings in our lives. You see, many people don't understand. It's not volume, our length, our quantity of prayers, or even sincerity that God, that causes God to move on our behalf. It's the name. 
Sometimes people think if I stay up all night and shout at God, he'll do a miracle. No, just claim, pray in the name, and he will hear you. Pray in faith and in the name, and God will move in your life. Let me read this quote by John Newton. Many of you remember John Newton. He was the writer of, of uh, that beautiful hymn, uh, Amazing Grace. He was once a slave trader, and yet he encountered God's glorious grace, and he changed, and God used him to write that hymn. Isn't it amazing that none of us are ever written off? None of us are ever excluded from being redeemed. Praise God. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. But he wrote these beautiful words. He said, how sweet the name of Jesus, the rock on which I build, my shield and hiding place, my never failing treasury, filled with boundless stores of grace. He's the same man who wrote, although my memory's fading, I remember two things very clearly. I'm a great sinner and Christ is a great savior. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Through the name of Jesus. All who are great sinners can become great saints. Amen. Matthew 27 and verse 50. And when Jesus had cried out again with a loud voice, he gave up his spirit. At that moment, the curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. The earth shook, the rocks split, and the tombs broke open. The bodies of many holy people who had died were raised to life. They came out of the tombs after Jesus' resurrection and went into the holy city and appeared to many people. When the centurion and those who were with him guarding Jesus saw the earthquake and all that had happened, they were terrified and exclaimed, Surely this was the Son of God. You see, the veil was a symbol of the great divide or chasm that divided man, uh, you know, sinful men from a holy God. It was approximately 60 feet wide, about 30 to 45 feet high, and approximately four inches thick. It was a huge curtain that separated man from God, and yet it was torn, not from the bottom up, it, it was torn from the top down as symbolic of, of how it was God who was doing it. And, um, you know, I believe it's very profound. The veil was torn because the blood of Jesus and the name of Jesus now give us access to the very holies of holies amen you see we come by the blood but we also come in the name when we pray we pray in the name of jesus second corinthians 3 hallelujah praise god i have a lot of scriptures to share today but you know what the bible is so much to say about this second corinthians 3 it says uh, verse 14 but their minds were blinded, for until this day, the same veil remains unlifted in the reading of the Old Testament, because the veil is taken away in Christ. Amen. You, this is the problem. Sometimes people can be in church, but they're not in Christ. Amen. You've got to be born again. And even at this day, when Moses is read, a veil lies in their heart. Nevertheless, when one turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. And I praise God for the liberty of His Spirit in our lives, in Jesus' name. But we all, with unveiled face, beholding us in the mirror, the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as by the Spirit of the Lord. I appreciate this last year hasn't been pleasant, but you know what? God is working in you, and He's going to reveal His glory in your life. You're being brought from glory to glory. We're going through the fire. We're being refined. And I tell you something, the devil is going to regret he ever shut the churches down because we're going to come out of this stronger. We're going to come out of this with the fire of God. We're going to come out with a boldness like we've never had before. We're going to see signs and wonders in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Because the Bible I read says that Jesus said that I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Do you know that God is still building his church in Jesus' name? We may be scattered, but God's going to bring us together again in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank God for the name of Jesus. Praise God. The veil was torn in two, and now we can access the holy presence that was once hidden behind the veil, that only the high priest could go once a year. Amen. Now we can enter right in, because ultimately this is our highest attainment in life. It's not wealth, our fame, our influence and notoriety, but rather the knowledge of God. That's why the veil was torn. God was saying, now you can come in. 
The blood and the name have made a way for you. John um, Chrysostom said this. Thus abide constantly with the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. So that the heart swallows the Lord and the Lord the heart and the two become one. Oh, hallelujah. You see, as we spend time in his presence, we're changed. As Moses, the Bible says, you know, when he was in the presence, his face began to light and he had to wear a veil when he came out, but the veil is taken away in Christ. Through the name, that veil is taken away and we can reveal the the glory of God to our generation because we are called, our highest attainment is to know and glorify God. Psalm 24, 7 and 8 in the Good News says, Fling wide thy gates. Open the ancient doors and the great king will come in. Who is this great king? He is the Lord, strong and mighty. The Lord, victorious in battle. You see, through his name, the very gates of heaven swing wide before us. 2 Corinthians 1.20 For all the promises of God in Him are yes and in Him, amen, to the glory of God through us. You see, we can boldly claim all of God's promises in Jesus' name. Matthew 7.7 Ask and will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. He who seeks finds. Him who knocks the door will be opened. Ask, we ask in Jesus' name. John 14 and verse 13. We ask in the name. We come in the name. John 14 and verse 13. And it says, And whatever you ask in my name, that will I do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. Hallelujah. John 16 and verse 23. And in that day, You will ask me nothing. Most assuredly I say to you, whatever you ask the Father in my name, He will give you. Until now, you've asked nothing in my name. Ask and you'll receive that your joy may be full. And verse 26, in that day you will ask in my name. I do not say to you that you will pray the Father for you. You see, we ask in the name. We approach God in His name. Through the name, we have unlimited access to the glorious promises of God. So again, the question today is, how big is your faith? Because you cannot exhaust the glorious riches of God's abundant provision made available to us through the name of Jesus. You see... In his name, we find salvation. In his name, we find access. Thirdly, in his name, we find our identity. Philippians 2.9. For this reason, God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name which is above every name. You see, Christ had a great name conferred upon him. We read earlier in Luke and Matthew that the name of Jesus was given by his heavenly father, not by Joseph, his earthly male guardian. Okay, so God places great significance on names. We see there are people in the Bible who even had their names changed in order to fulfill their destiny. The name of Moses literally means um, to, to pull or draw out of water. And you know, water was part of Moses' identity. Why? Exodus 1, he was rescued from water. Uh, Exodus 7, he turns water to blood. Exodus 14, he splits the Red Sea. Exodus 15, he throws the, the wood into the bitter water and he turns the bitter water sweet. Exodus 17, he strikes the rock and water flows out of the rock. Numbers 20, he strikes the rock again instead of speaking to the rock and thus he didn't make the promised land. Moses just couldn't get away from water. Abraham was changed, uh, or sorry, Abraham was changed to Abraham. A father of nations. Sarai to Sarah. Jacob to Israel. From a man to a nation. Cephas to Peter. From a stone to a rock. Saul to Paul. From a hater to a lover. You see, we serve a God who knows our true identity. He sees you for what you can be and not for what you are. He sees you for where you are going, not for where you have been. You know, Genesis 35 and verse 18. 
And it says here, uh, Genesis 35 and verse 18, and so it was as her soul was departing, she, uh, for she died, that she called his name Ben-Oni, but his name uh, his father named him Benjamin. Ben only literally means son of my sorrow, but he changed it. And he said, son of my right hand. This, I, I, and we're going to be addressing next week, the father. Father is such a powerful and such a significant relationship. And it's a tragedy in our modern society that, that so many people don't know their father. But you know what? The Father has such a power with relation to your identity. But think of our Heavenly Father. He knows our identity. And here, Benjamin was the son of Rachel and Jacob. She named him Benoni, son of my affliction, as she was taking her final breath while giving birth. She was in a dark place and, and you know, very tragic. But sometimes when you're in a dark place, you, you don't necessarily see things correctly. And so she was cursing that child by the name she was giving him. Um, inadvertently, I appreciate but you know this is the truth hurting people hurt people you know many of you have hurts that, that were visited upon you by people who didn't deliberately mean to hurt you but they were hurting themselves and thus we have you know pain and dysfunction and issues visited from generation to generation to generation and this is why it's so important for you to get healed because if you're not healed you're going to be visiting your baggage onto the next generation but Benjamin was the son of Jacob and Rachel. She named him son of my sorrow. She was taking her final breath while giving birth. But his father changed his name to Benjamin, son of my right hand. He didn't want his little son Benjamin growing up with the stigma of being held accountable or responsible for his mother's death. Think about every time his name would have been called, you know, if he had been called Ben-Oni, um, he would have had a painful reminder every time he heard his name that his birth, uh, that his mother lost her life as she was giving birth to him. You see, there is power in a name. And instead, the father changed him to son of my right hand. He blessed him. You see, we not only call on the name, we are called by the name. Matthew 18 20, where two or more are gathered in my name, there I am in the midst of them. I thank God that we can gather online right now, but again, there is no substitute for us gathering in person. And please continue to pray that the government are going to see the importance of the church meeting in Jesus' name. You see, this is part of our identity where two or more are gathered in my name. We gather in his name. Fact is, we're even called Christians, Christians. We're called after his name. Um, you know, Peter said in Acts 2 and verse uh, 21, Acts 2 and verse uh, 21, and it says, And it shall come to pass that whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. You see, we call on that name to be saved. We're even baptized in that name. Verse 38, and he said, Peter said, Repent, let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Amen. So we're baptized in the name. You see, our life and our eternity is defined by the name of Jesus. And this is why our lives must be lived for him. Colossians 3.17 Whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, giving thanks to God the Father through him. You see... John Calvin, you know, taught his followers to reverence the name of Jesus. And he said this, glorify his holy name with our whole life. Amen. So again, we find salvation. We find access. We find, uh, hallelujah, we find authority. There is authority and power in the name. Acts 3 and verse 6. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Acts 3 and verse 6. Peter said, silver and gold I do not have what I have in the name of Jesus. Verse 16. Again, and his name, true faith in his name has made this strong, this man strong. Glory to Jesus. And his name, true faith in his name. Acts 4 and verse 17. And it says, but so that it spreads no further among the people, let us all severely threaten them that from now on they speak to no man in this name. You see, the Pharisees understood the threat, you know, was the name. It wasn't the disciples, it was the name. 
Verse 18. So they called him and commanded him not to speak at all nor teach in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. And then Peter and John answered and said, Whether it's right in the sight of God to listen to you more than God, you judge. We cannot but speak the things we have seen and heard. But look here in verse 29. And it says, Now, Lord, look on their threats. Hallelujah. They called a prayer meeting. And they said, Grant with your servants with all boldness they may speak your word by stretching out your hand to heal and that signs and wonders may be done through the name of your holy servant Jesus. You know, I was amazed during the week I was on YouTube. I was just looking to see some uh, messages on the name of Jesus. I was shocked. There was, there was very, very few messages on the name. And maybe this is the reason why we haven't been seeing the signs and wonders. Because the Bible says signs and wonders are done in the name. The Pharisees were threatened by the name. Because that name has authority in heaven, earth, and hell. Hallelujah. Pastor Eric Ludy said this. When we pray in the name of Jesus, we carry the authority of heaven. Amen. You can call on Krishna, Allah, or Plato, but I'm going to call on Jesus. Hallelujah. You can put your trust in Aristotle or Marx or Voltaire, but I will trust in the name of Jesus. It's interesting. This was the first of many miracles recorded in the name of Jesus when Peter and John uh, healed that, that crippled man. You see, it's the name above all names. Philippians chapter 2. Glory to Jesus. And it says, Philippians 2 and 9. Therefore God has also highly exalted him and given him the name that is above every name. That at the name of Jesus every knee shall bow of those in heaven and those on earth and those under the earth. And every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Hallelujah. There is power in the name of Jesus. And when you get a revelation of that name, demons are going to flee. When you get a revelation of that name, sickness is going to flee. When you get a revelation of that name, those addictions and bondages and dysfunctions are going to be broken over your life. Amen. Hallelujah. There is power in the name of Jesus. It is above every name. The name of Jesus is hard in cancer or COVID or anxiety, depression, diabetes or addiction. Every name must bow to this name. His name is higher than any other name. He, Luke 10 and 19, I give you authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. And nothing shall by any means hurt you. You see, no matter what your enemy, what enemy you may be facing today, know this. You can see them defeated in the name of Jesus. You can see those giants fall. Why? We have authority in Jesus' name to bind the enemy and literally stop him in his tracks. Matthew 16, 19. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Hallelujah. Praise God. It's so important to learn to bind the spirit working through people. To bind that spirit coming against you in Jesus' name. You know, binding and loosing was originally a Jewish phrase and it meant to forbid or permit by an indisputable authority. So again, when you, when you bind, you're, you're, to, you're forbidding by an indisputable authority. And that indisputable authority is rooted in the name of Jesus. Mark chapter 4, 35. That day when evening came, he said to the disciples, let's go over to the other side. Leaving the crowd behind, uh, they took him along just as he was in the boat. There was also other boats with them. A furious squall came up and the waves broke over the boat so it was nearly swamped. Jesus was in the stern sleeping on a cushion. The disciples woke him and said, Teacher, don't you care if we drown? He got up, rebuked the wind and said to the waves, Quiet, be still. Then the wind died down and it was completely calm. He said to the disciples, why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? And they were terrified and asked each other, who is this? Even the winds and the waves obey him. I thank God that the winds and the waves still obey his name. But I think many times we miss what Jesus is doing here. Because just like the disciples, many times we're asking God to deal with a problem that he has authorized us to deal with. That's why he said, where's your faith? You know what he was saying? Why didn't you deal with the storm? We have authority in the name. Hallelujah. Through the name of Jesus, we can still the storms of life. 
had a very profound dream last night. There was a man who was in the church and he was arguing all sorts of doctrine and all sorts of issues and he had a withered hand that was just this short and I came over, I said, Lord, fill this man with your Holy Spirit and then I said, and you know what, Lord? I command his, his hand to be healed. And right there, his arm grew out to the full length, right in front of my eyes. And it was a, a glorious miracle. But I believe we're going to see that. Because through his name, we have been given the power of attorney. You know, the power of attorney is written authorization to act on another's behalf. God has authorized us through his name. Matthew 10, Jesus sent the disciples out um, you know, to, uh, to preach the gospel. And I'm going to read it here because I, I love it. Uh, you know, we've been authorized by heaven. And he called his disciples together. He gave them power over unclean spirits to cast them out, to heal all kinds of sickness, all kinds of disease. And um, verse 8, heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out demons, freely have received, freely give. Isn't that beautiful? We have been authorized by heaven. Luke 10, 19, the 72 returned to joy, said, Lord, even the demons submit to us in your name. Matthew 28, 18, 19, all authority has been given to me in heaven and earth. Therefore, go and baptize in my name. In the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. So again, Jesus said, all authority has been given to me. You know what we've been given through the name of Jesus? You know what? A blank check has been given to us that has already been signed in Jesus' name. All we need to do is cash it by faith. You see, the early church understood that they had the legal right to use the name of Jesus. Now, the sons of Sceva didn't, and they paid the price. We know that they were saying, we cast out spirits in the name of, of, uh, of Jesus that Paul preaches. And the devil spoke back and said, Jesus I know, and Paul I know, but who are you? The literal translation is, Jesus I know by experience, and Paul I know by reputation. Hallelujah. Isn't that cool that you can have a reputation in hell? Amen. But it's through the name. They didn't have the, they weren't authorized to, to use that name because they weren't followers of Christ. But we are. Amen. We have been authorized to use that name. We have the legal right to use the name of Jesus. This is why Mark 16 and 15 says, Therefore Jesus said to them, Go into all the world, preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and is baptized shall be saved. He who does not believe shall be condemned. And these signs shall follow those who believe. In my name they shall cast out devils, they shall speak in their tongues, they shall pick up snakes in their hands. If they drink anything deadly, they shall not be harmed at all. So again, Jesus said, In my name, we've been authorized to bring deliverance. We've been authorized to heal the sick, to preach the gospel. Amen. You see, our directions are very simple. Even a little child could understand them. Okay. So we have been authorized by heaven to manifest the kingdom. You see, there is no need that cannot be met. There is no sickness that can't be healed. There is no giant that can't be taken down as long as we use the name that we have been given. Amen. You see, signs and wonders are done through the name of Jesus. I read it earlier. By stretching your hand to heal, that signs and wonders may be done through your name. What might happen if we as the church began to use the name in faith? You know, many of us rattle off the name of Jesus, but it's just a cliche. And it's almost like a full stop. In Jesus' name, we know the prayer is finished. You know, but no, but when we get revelation of the name, we're going to see signs and wonders. And maybe this is the reason why we're not seeing the signs and wonders and miracles that we desire. Maybe we need to focus less on the name of the coffee the church is using and give more attention to the name that Christ has given to the church. The, the, the name that the church has been called by. You know, 2 Thessalonians 3, 6, it says, Now we command you, brethren, that ye withdraw yourselves from every brother that walketh disorderly and not after the tradition which, we, you received, uh, which you received of us. Now we command you, brethren, that you withdraw yourself from every brother. You see, the disciples understood that their apostolic authority was exercised in the name. Hallelujah. Praise you, Jesus. The disciples understood their apostolic authority was exercised in the name of Jesus. And so th this is why it's, it's so important for us to have a revelation of, of the name, that we honor the name, that we use the name. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. And um, 
Praise you, Jesus. Uh, but we command you, brethren, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that you withdraw yourself. Amen. So they understood their authority wasn't simply because they'd been called by Christ as followers. They understood their authority was in the name. Colossians 2 and verse 15. And it says, um, having disarmed principalities and powers, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them in it. You see, the name has authority because of Christ's victory. 1 John 3, 8, for this reason the Son of God was manifested, he might destroy the works of the devil. We have been given a name that we might do the Father's will in ministering to a lost and a broken world. We are authorized to bring life and light and liberty. And so, as I finish, through the name we have salvation, access, identity, authority, and lastly, liberty. Hebrews 2 and verse 14 in the Rotherham. Seeing therefore the children have received the fellowship of flesh and blood, he also in like manner took partnership in the same in order that through death he might paralyze him that held the dominion of death that is the adversary. Hallelujah. How many of you are glad the devil's been paralyzed? The New Living says, because God's children are human beings mailed, made of flesh and blood, the Son also became flesh and blood. For only as a human being could he die. And only by dying could he break the power of the devil who had the power of death. You see, the name of Jesus brings freedom, deliverance, and liberty because he literally paralyzed anything that would try to attack or harm or come against you. Jeremiah 10 and verse 6, there is none like you, O Lord, you are great, and your name is great in might. Hallelujah. We read earlier, he's mighty to save. His name is great in might. It's a mighty name. The name of Jesus is matchless in might. Therefore, there is no devil that can withstand his name. There is no chain, a yoke, a bondage that cannot be broken in his holy name. We see in Acts chapter 8 that Philip went down to Samaria and what did he preach? Did he preach, you know, climate change? Did he preach feminism? Was, you know, did he preach some kind of woke liberal message? No, he went back to that old simple, it says Peter went down to Samaria and he preached Christ to them. He preached the name of Jesus and the multitude with one accord. He did the things spoken by Philip, hearing and seeing the miracles which he did. Front clean spirits crying out with a loud voice came out of many who were possessed and many who were paralyzed and lame were healed. And there was great joy in that city. Oh, how I want to see that again. I want to see those signs and wonders and miracles. I want to see people being set free. I'm tired of people coming into church bound and leaving just as bound as they came. I'm tired of, of seeing men bound by pornography or addiction or all sorts of bondages. No, it's time for freedom and liberty to be manifest in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. There is freedom in the name of Jesus Christ. You see, liberty is manifested wherever his name is proclaimed. And this is why nations that don't allow the gospel to be preached in them are generally dark and in many instances dangerous. There's a reason why in many Islamic nations a woman is not allowed out on her own. She has to have a male guardian. Those places are dangerous. Okay, but you know what? I believe a lot of it is rooted in the fact the gospel hasn't been preached there because some of the freest societies in all of human history have been founded in nations where the name of Jesus has been honored and where his name is forgotten or dishonored, they quickly regress to the cruel and barbaric state that once characterized them. And this is what we're seeing right now all over the Western world. We use the name of Jesus as a curse word. We do not honor the name of Jesus. And we abort millions of babies every year in the name of convenience. And yet we, we arrogantly consider ourselves to be cultured and sophisticated. No, we are barbaric and backwards because we have turned our back on the name of Jesus. And we call our societies to repentance. We call America to repentance. We call Ireland and Europe to repentance. We call Africa and South America, Central America and all of the nations. We call them to repentance because Jesus is coming back. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Jeremiah 17, 13. Lord, 
You are the hope of Israel. All who forsake you will be put to shame. Those who turn away from you will be written in the dust because they have forsaken the Lord, the spring of living waters. We have been warned. Ancient Israel, I believe, is our example. Because if we forget God, God will forget us. Liberty doesn't exist in a vacuum. We must return to God and honor His holy name. Amen. 1 Corinthians 6.11 And such were some of you. But you were washed, you were sanctified, you were justified in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Oh, there is a land of sin and shame. There is a land of sin and shame, lost in sin and tired, but there is a name, a name, a name that can set Hallelujah, that soul on fire. I don't, I don't know the rest of that, but it's, it's such a beautiful poem. There is a name. There is a name. Oh, praise God. There is a name we can call on no matter where we've been or how we have failed. And I'm going to give you an opportunity in a, a few moments to receive him. There is freedom in forgiveness. Through the name of Jesus, we have been liberated from sin and shame. Christ declared in Luke 4.18, the spirit of the Lord was upon him because he was anointed to preach the gospel to the poor, to bring liberty to the captives. Hallelujah. Oh, Jesus came to bring liberty to the captives. And his name will still set the captives free today. In whom the Son sets free is free indeed, the Bible says. You see, his name brings liberty and freedom. Simply call on that name. The name of Jesus gives us liberty even from death itself. I remember praying with my friend. It was his final hours on this planet. And I remember speaking, reading this psalm, this, this scripture to him. And I remember seeing the peace that ministered to him in that moment. John eleven twenty five. Jesus said to him, the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he may die, yet shall he live. And whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? She said to him, yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God, who is to come into the world. And as I finish... If you will believe in that name, it will change your life forevermore. It will change your life if you will call on that name. You may be there in your sitting room watching today, but you can call on that name. Hallelujah. You must open your eyes because your prison doors have already been opened through the name. Simply use the key. The name of Jesus is the key. In whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins. You see, Luke 19, 38 says, Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord as the worship group come forward. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. You see, he came in his name and we go in his name. We are called to go in his name because to a world that is literally drowning in despair and fear and anxiety, we have good news. There is hope. There is hope in the name of of Jesus. Matthew 28, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Oh, there is power, power, power in that name. Go therefore, make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and the name of the Son, and the name of the Holy Spirit teaching them to observe all things that I've commanded you. And lo, I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. Let me tell you something. I am not afraid. I'm not anxious about the future. I believe we have stepped into a new anointing. The, the, the best days of the church are before them. I'm here in a stadium that can seat 2,000 people. I know this place is going to be full. It's going to be full of hungry people who are, who are come to be saved, to be healed, to be delivered. We're going to see these altars full of people's responding. Glory to Jesus to be saved, to be baptized with the Spirit, to be, to be healed, to be delivered. Glory to God. We go in His name. In His name we bring life and liberty and life and healing and hope to a broken world. Let me read this final quote by Martin Luther. When I was abandoned by everybody, in my greatest weakness, trembling and afraid of death, 
when I was persecuted by the wicked world, then I often felt most surely the divine power in his name, Jesus Christ. So by God's grace, I will live and die for that name. We're duty bound to do no less than he. Martin Luther ran his race. Hallelujah. He lived and he died for that name. And now it is our turn. And we can trust in that name. John 20 and verse 30. Truly Jesus did many other signs in the presence of the disciples. Which are not written in this book. But these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ. The Son of God. And that believing you may have life in his name. We have life in his name. We have life because we have called on that name that is above every name. The wonderful name of Jesus. And so I want to finish by giving you an opportunity to call on that name. Come on, just begin to pray in the spirit for a moment. Oh, masua bakala masite, ye masoko masete. Lord, we come to that name. That name. Oh, praise God. That name that we have called on. That name that brought us out of prison. That name that broke the shackles that held us. There is deliverance in that name. There is healing in that name. Oh, Mashiach, Yemasata, Vimenetese. And if you need a miracle right now, I'm going to pray over you in the name of Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. The, hallelujah. the name of Jesus is higher than COVID. It is higher than cancer. It is higher than diabetes. It is higher than MS. Hallelujah. It is higher than depression and despair. The name of Jesus. The name of Jesus. The name above every name. Hallelujah. No matter where you've been or what you've done, you can be, you can be set free right now. Oh, Mashiach, Oh, we honor that name. Praise you, Jesus.